Did you miss Canty and Carlin? There's absolutely no reason to believe the Philadelphia Eagles can't go undefeated in the regular season. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, friends. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, your Dr. Pepper call-in line. Canty, right now, the Eagles sit at 7-0. They are in Houston tonight for some Thursday night football with the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I have examined the schedule very closely and we have done it over the last few weeks after you first brought up the possibility around four and oh if i'm not mistaken that the eagles could possibly just possibly go undefeated this season there is no reason whatsoever with what they have left on the schedule to think that it is not possible i would say it is very very possible yeah, I brought it up after they had that win out in Arizona, Carlin, where they had that clock-killing drive. I want to say the drive was like 12 plays, 70 yards, right. and they chewed up almost eight minutes of clock. And, and that was really and when I had the utmost respect for this team in terms of having the overall awareness on how to win close games. And, Carlin, they've only gotten better. They added Robert Quinn, the pass rusher, to go along with the defensive front. That, that is right up there with, with the best in football. They're number one in takeaways, Carlin, on defense. Their defense is top 10 in red zone efficiency. Their offense is top 10 in red zone efficiency. And they're top five on third down conversion rate on offense. This is one of the best running teams in the National Football League. Matter of fact, no team has more rushing touchdowns than the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got a top five offense, a top five defense, and Carlin, they have an ascending quarterback who's playing as good as any quarterback in the National Football League. There's no reason to think why the Eagles can't go undefeated. And looking at ESPN's FPI index, Carlin, there's only one game that the Eagles don't have a 70% chance of winning or better. And that would be on the road against the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Yep. That's it. That's the only game that they don't have a 70% chance of winning or better, according to ESPN's FPI. So why shouldn't we believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have a legitimate shot at making a run and going undefeated? I I don't think there's any reason to believe it. And I think the only thing that would hold them back at this point would be injuries. You know, if they suffer injuries outside of even quarterback at crucial spots, then I think it holds them back especially if it's on the offensive line. That's where I think they could get into some trouble. But I don't have any reason to think when I look at what this stretch is, just to give people a quick feel, okay? You mentioned the Dallas game on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Before then, here's what we've got. Tonight at Houston, Washington at home, at Indianapolis, Green Bay at home, Tennessee at home, little tricky there. At the Giants, at the Bears, at Dallas, three in a row on the road right there, and then home for New Orleans and the Giants. Chris, I these are all games that this team is exceptionally capable of winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm so impressed with how quickly we have been able, and knock on wood when I say this, 
how quickly we have been able to remove the doubt or the question about whether or not Jalen Hurts was the guy. And we've been able to do it when he's not going out there and throwing up 350 yards a game and rushing for 70 yards a game. Mm -hmm. We have done it when he has simply done everything right with their offense. He hasn't made big mistakes. He's been more than a game manager, don't get me wrong. But this guy with 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, a rating of 105, and the ability uh, to run the football like he has for over 300 yards so far, there's no question about that position anymore. There's none. There's yeah, none. And, and here's the thing, Carlin. People will say, well, he's a little light on the touchdowns to play in seven games. We got to remember, Jalen Hurts is a dual-threat quarterback. He's got 10 passing touchdowns. He's got six rushing touchdowns. Rushing, yeah. So he's accounted for 16 touchdowns to only two turnovers. That's pretty damn good. And we've also seen this team find the way to win in different ways, Carlin. Like we saw it in Jacksonville Jaguars game. They got behind by double digits early. They were able to fight and claw and get their way back into that game. And the offense and the defense playing complimentary football. The defense got a lot of takeaways, and the offense cashed in on them. This is a team that doesn't flinch when they see adversity. This is a team that's well-balanced on both sides of the ball. They can stop the run. They can rush the passer on defense. They can run the ball. And they can be explosive on offense in the passing game. Show me the deficiency on this Philadelphia Eagles team. Carlin, when we look at all of the teams that we fancy as contenders, whether it be the Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, all of those teams have warts. Show me the warts on the Philadelphia Eagles because I don't see them. The only thing that you can hold against them, the only knock is the quarterback, and he's playing out of his mind. So, again, when we start talking about the Eagles making a run at being undefeated, yeah, we recognize that the odds are against them because we got a 17-game regular season. To be perfect the entire regular season got that much harder when they added the extra game. But when you look at the competition and how the schedule lays out, it's not outside of the realm of possibility because this team is just that good. I, I can't get over how good they've become. I thought they'd be very good. I had them in the Super Bowl before the season started against the Bills. But this has been one of those situations that we see in football every once in a while, that we see in sports every once in a while, where a team accelerates to a position that we did not expect him to get to so quickly. Now, Carlin, can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. First of all, I'm just looking at the preseason odds for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They were plus 2,400 so <laughs> to win the to Super one. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But you know anyway. They, you know what they were when they won the Super Bowl last time? 30 to 1. Wow. Right around the same part. I know because I put a couple of bucks on them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, Carlin. If they mm-hmm. do run the table, they go undefeated. Does Jalen Hurts then become the highest-paid player in the National Football League, or does he have to do some damage in the postseason? If they go undefeated, but they don't win the Super Bowl? Yes. I, it's still hard to argue that he wouldn't unless he had a horrible game. Yeah. Unless, unless he was the reason that they lost in the playoffs. But even still... 
I don't know how it's it's not like it's going to change their minds about him for the long term. No, it's not. That's that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> that's my yeah. Point. Like it may cost him a few mil. It may knock him out of being the highest paid of all. But no, I I don't think it's going to highly damage him. I, I I I would expect that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl or go undefeated in the regular season and get to the Super Bowl, that he's absolutely going to be the highest paid player in the game. Wow. And he should he should wait until those other guys sign. He he needs to be the last one to sign. The, the last, last one, one Chris. like, look, Chris, we're going to get it done, but no. I'm going to wait until Joe Burrow and yep. Justin Herbert get paid before nope. I address my deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. What do we do? We give props. We give props. We give props. So we've got some props for tonight. We also want to give props when people deserve it. It's a little dual meaning right there. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is a phrase that I cannot stand, but I'll tell I'll say it anyway. What's up? This is my jam. Oh, come on, Carly. Why'd you have to ruin it, man? Oh, I really don't care. That's my variety. Did you did you have the album? Did you have the album? Oh yeah. Where, Back where, in the were day. You one of, were you one of the people that helped it go platinum? What was it? Eight, nine times over, whatever it was? <laughs> this was like this was probably junior year of high school, senior year of high school, okay, there you something go. like that. There you go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-729-3776. In 15 minutes, we go live to Houston. Of course, our coverage of the World Series tonight. On ESPN Radio begins at 7 p.m. It is game five between the Phillies and the Astros. Right now, yes, friends, it is time to give some props. We're not afraid to tell you when we got something right. Wow, you were right. Or wrong. I was terrible. It's time to give props. Last night, we were really wrong. Really wrong. We had a really wrong. Bad night last night. Yeah. We had but the we're going to own it, though. We're going to yeah, own it, though. Exactly. 
and we're we going to make up for it tonight. I, I hope so. So we're going to give some props right now, some prop bets as well. So let's turn to Evan Wilner to host. Give it props. Go, Evan. Jalen Hurd's rushing touchdown plus a Bryce Harper home run. You guys going to take that bet at plus 1,000? Yeah, I'm going to take it. I mean, Jalen Hurts has six rushing touchdowns on the season. They've played seven games, so it seems like it's a good bet. And in a gotta-have-it situation for the Phillies, because this is their last home game in the World Series, I think their biggest bat is going to show up. Bryce Harper's got six home runs in the world's, in the uh, playoffs so far, and he's been on an absolute terror with 21 hits and 13 RBIs. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say – that uh, that both of those happen. I take it at plus plus a thousand. Plus a thousand number feels a little light to me. I mean, it feels more like plus twelve hundred. It should be, but look, why not? Why not? I would jump on board that for the heck of it. Absolutely, I do. I do want to emphasize that tonight's play of the night will involve a Philly Houston theme between the NFL and Game 5. That is on the way here momentarily. Next! Jalen Hurts over under one and a half passing touchdowns, Chris Carlin. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the over on that. I'll, I think Jalen Hurts, have a day, Jalen Hurts. I think that's going to happen tonight. I, I would really expect him to light it up this evening, Canty. Uh, I am going to take, I'll take the over on that too. I mean, listen, they're huge favorites in tonight's game. I think they light it up on the scoreboard. They're not going to play down to their competition. They showed that against your Pittsburgh Steelers last week. So I think that they have a huge day. And, of course, that means Jalen Hurts being able to score in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, I'll go over one and a half passing touchdowns. Davis Mills over under a half of a touchdown pass. So will he throw one touchdown pass tonight against that Eagles secondary, Chris Canty? I'm going to say, yeah, he does. I'm going to say, yeah, he does. He's going to throw a touchdown pass. It'll probably be in garbage time because the game will be so far out of hand. So I'm going to say he throws over a touchdown pass. Yeah, I'm going to say no because I'm still down on him from last week. Uh, I needed him to go over 222, and he had like 60 passing yards in the fourth quarter until garbage time. So no, no, Davis Mills. No, you're in the doghouse. Next. Miles Sanders over under. 90 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. Chris Carlin. Over. Over. They cannot stop the run to save their lives. I mean, come on. I'm taking over on this, Kitty. That number, that feels like the L word. That feels like the Lockadini. The Lockadini. Oh. Whoo. I. I... They can't stop the run, Carlin. But there's a part of me that thinks that the Eagles do take their foot off the gas at some point in this game, and it's not going to be strictly a Miles Sanders affair. Kenneth Gainwell could get in on the action as well, running the football. And for that reason, I'm going to go under. I'm going to take the under 90 and a half uh, rushing and receiving yards for Miles Sanders. Under. Next. A.J. Brown. 69 and a half receiving yards over under Chris Canty. AJ Brown has been on a tear, man. You saw what happened last week. There, there, there was something to that connection. I'm sure that the Texans are going to try to slow that down. I don't think it's going to matter. They can throw three defensive backs over there. AJ Brown is still going to moss them dude. So I'm going to go over 69 and a half receiving yards for AJ Brown. 
Uh, agreed. I don't see any reason to bet against A.J. Brown these days, the way things are going. So at 69.5, yeah, I'll, I'll take the over on that one. Next. Phillies win plus a Kyle Schwarber home run is plus 280 at Caesars. You taking that bet, Chris Carlin? Schwarby. That's what they're calling him down there. Schwarby. Uh, yeah, listen. Phillies win in a Kyle Schwarber home run. Why not? You know, he's got 13 postseason home runs now in his career. Mm, mm, 13. Mm. Why not? Plus 280. Again, give me a little bit better odds than that. That's, that's, I that's, thought that was low. That is low. Give me give me plus 400 on that. I mean, that's fair, right? I mean, no. I absolutely will take that. I'm on board. Well, listen, I already said Bryce Harper is going to hit a home run. I think Kyle Schwarber is going to hit one, too. Home runs are like sacks. They come in bunches. I'm going to go with it. So, yeah, I think the Phillies win tonight, and I think you get a home run from the Schwarber Fest. Schwarby, next. Justin Verlander, over or under five and a half strikeouts. That's interesting. Uh, basically, what we're betting here is whether or not Verlander makes it through five innings. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought the over-under was going to be for five and a third innings. Right, right. <laughs> so, can't you? do we think Verlander, who has been – just got awful in the World Series in his career. ERA north of six in the World Series. Do we think he makes it through five innings tonight and gets five and a half strikeouts? No. I think he, you don't no. think so. You're going lower. You're going no, under. I, I, I'm going under, man, and I'll tell you why. If the Phillies lose this game, the World Series is over. It is over. Now, I picked the Astros to win in six, but if the Phillies lose this game, the World Series is over. Th- there's going to be urgency there's going to be desperation they're going to grind out these at bats i don't see a lot of swings and misses in justin verlander's future i don't see a lot of strikeouts so i'm Mm. going under i i would go over just based on the fact that it's justin verlander that's all next how about noah Syndergaard over under two and a half strikeouts chris carlin wow he's such a different pitcher now too yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like you once again, Canty. You have crystallized my thoughts. I, I, is, he the op- is he the opener? Are they going to use him as the opener? I, it's a great question. I, I God, why'd you? Have I got to a ask feeling there are a lot of runs that can be scored in a nice game. Yeah. 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 I. I'm All right. Sure, I'm not sure. It should be two I'm and a half. I'm going under. I'm going under two and a half strikeouts. Under. I'm How about over, under two and a half outs recorded by Noah Syndergaard? Yeah, I'm, I'm fading Noah Syndergaard. All the way. I'm fading him. Well, I mean, just to point it out, his last three outings in the postseason, an inning and a third, three innings, and one inning. And he has four total strikeouts in those five and a third innings. Fade him. Fade away. <laughs> next. That's it. Buster's next. Oh, Buster is next. He will join us live from Citizens Bank Park. See, here's the thing. Right on the tease on the screen, Evan wrote, we've seen history in back-to-back games in the World Series. Will it be three in a row? Last night was not history. Last night was excitingly average. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Always great music. We've got game five of the World Series tonight. We are going live to Philadelphia and Citizens Bank Park. In 20 seconds, Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance gives you protection on the phone, online, or on the app 24-7 because things happen 24-7. Quote at Progressive.com. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB insider. He, of course, will be on the call tonight with Dan Schulman, with Jessica Mendoza, with Eduardo Perez right here on ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. And Buster joins us from Citizens Bank Park. Uh, all right, Buster, how do the Phillies uh, find a way to turn the page after being no hit last night? Yeah, I think that Kyle Schwarber probably said out loud what a lot of the players were thinking when he was asked by a reporter about the historical significance of being no hit in the World Series. And he said, I don't give a bleep. Uh, And when we related that to Rob Thompson this afternoon, he just burst out laughing. I think that's what Rob would have said in the press conference, except, uh, you know, he uh, he went with the PG version where Schwarber went with the PG-13 version. Look, I, I think, and you know this, Chris, that with baseball players, they turn the page so quickly. They move on so quickly. When the Astros, you know, got wiped out in game three, five homers allowed by Lance McCullers Jr., we were walking out after the pregame show about 40 minutes after the last pitch, 45 minutes, and there go the Astros buses. It felt like that the players were like, okay, we're going to wash that off. We're going to leave. We're going to come back tomorrow. It's going to be a different day. And not only was it a different day, but they go from that wipeout loss to the second no-hitter in the history of the World Series. Buster, in, in what seems like a must-win game for the Phillies, a lot of attention is going to be on their lineup and their offense. But we also got to think, think about the guy that's got the ball, Noah Syndergaard. This is not the same guy that was screaming 60 feet, 6 inches when he was with the New York Mets. This postseason, the longest outing that he's had is three innings pitched. And so what's Rob Thompson's plan in terms of how he's going to utilize his pitching staff to support Noah Syndergaard tonight? Noah Syndergaard is not going to have a long start, right? At the beginning of the, the postseason, Rob said that he and his staff talked about you know, the group of pitchers that they had and how to best utilize them, and they determined that they felt like that they would be using Syndergaard out of the bullpen, and he's been good in that role. The downside is is that he's not really, really prepared at this point to you know, go deep into a game. If they got three good innings out of him, I think they'd be thrilled. What you're going to see tonight is Rob managing his bullpen very aggressively, I think when you see Jordan Alvarez coming to the plate for the second time, the 12th hitter in the game, I would be surprised if Syndergaard's still in the game by then. At that point, he's probably going to go with uh, one of his lefties. 
Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining us from Citizens Bank Park. Uh, Buster, with Verlander tonight, the World Series has not been the stage that he has shined on. So what does this game mean for him tonight? What's the Phillies' approach against him? Yeah, didn't we have this conversation a couple of years ago about Clayton Kershaw? Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, it felt point. like you have this future Hall of Famer, and then Justin should be a, a unanimous selection first ballot guy uh, when his name comes up for election. But there is that thing in the World Series where he still doesn't have a World Series win. When we asked Dusty Baker before, and i got to tell you, after watching last night's game, my thought this morning was I could see Dusty manag- managing very aggressively with his bullpen uh, with, uh, you know, perhaps third time through the order, automatic, let's go, like Blake Snell, let's get him out of the game. And when we talked to Dusty before, he said, there's no short lease for Justin Verlander. Like, Justin Verlander, his feeling is he wants to get as many outs as possible. Will that work? I don't know. I think one thing that's going to happen for Justin tonight, who comes into this game with more pressure on him, on his shoulders than any player here, uh, is he got to be more aggressive with his fastball. When he got hit in game, uh, in his first start in the World Series, first time through the lineup, he used his fastball attacked, just as Christian Javier did last night. He went more to the breaking ball second time through, and he got pounded. Buster, what did Christian Vasquez have to say after catching that no-hitter that the Astros pitching staff put together? So, Chris Candy, that was one of the most fun conversations that I've had because I asked him about whether or not, hey, did you pull any memento out of that game last night? And, uh, you know, he didn't quite understand my question. He goes, yeah, you know, they told me right after the game, and he looked at me, and and he was trying to remember the details. That's the second no-hitter in the history of the World Series, and the first guy who caught one was Yogi Berra. He hadn't heard of that before last night. And so, actually, as we sat there, I I showed uh, Christian that video of Yogi Berra at the end of Larson's perfect game in 1956, running out to the mound, leaping into Larson's arms, and Christian just had the biggest smile on his face. He thought that was the coolest thing. And we talked about him maybe, uh, you know, depending on how this World Series plays out, asking the groundskeepers here if they can dig up home plate for him. He is at least going to have a picture uh, with, uh, you know, framed with the autographs from all the pitchers who were involved last night. He was so fired up about what happened. Okay, so with that in mind, Buster, I have been one of these guys today who's Debbie Downer, like, all right, no hitter, great. This is not up there with Larson. This is not up there with Halliday, considering it is a multi-pitcher no-hitter. Am I right? Am I wrong? It's not as big of a deal. It's apples and oranges. But, <laughs> yes. okay, it's absolutely apples and oranges. It's not what Halliday did. It's not what I saw with David Wells or David Cohn. It's just in a different category. However, this is where I landed just thinking about what we saw last night. From pitch one to the last pitch of the game, that was the most dominant uh, performance by a pitching staff against an opposing team that I've ever seen. Because at the end of the day, and you guys know this, when we've seen uh, no hitters and perfect games, there's always one or two plays. You know, an outfielder runs down a ball. Uh, Dwayne Wise reaches up and steals a home run away to save Mark Burley's perfect game. In that game last night, guys, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact, our friend Sarah Langs put a number to this. The expected batting average on the contact at the Phillies hitters had, and there wasn't a lot of that, was 081, which is the lowest in the history of the postseason since they began tracking some of those things based on exit velocity, based on trajectory as the ball leaves the bat. Wow. Wow, that's great. Buster, enjoy game five tonight. We're looking forward to it. It'll be a blast, guys. Thank you. 
Buster Olney, live from Citizens Bank Park. It'll be Dan Schulman along with Jessica Mendoza and Eduardo Perez and Buster on the call right here on ESPN Radio at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 20 minutes from now. Keep it right where it is. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and we do what we do best, make you money. That's next on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Injuries today in the NFL that could have real consequences. Certainly the first one could have big consequences, and that's Rashad Bateman out for the rest of the year for the Baltimore Ravens. And look, Canty, they made the huge move earlier in the week to get Roquan Smith on defense, but... As far as big play offensive weapons, Devin Duvernay has been very good. Uh, He has really developed into an excellent receiver. Mm -hmm. But this is a kick in the pants for that offense uh, because I think it takes away, you know, Andrews is their number one target. I think it takes away a major, major weapon for them. No, it does, but they're going to have some time to be able to figure out, right? They're going to find their bearings because they're on the road against the New Orleans Saints. When they're dealing with injury concerns in their own right, they've got a bye week, then the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars and Denver Broncos. So I I do think that the Ravens are at a soft spot in their schedule where they can figure out what their offensive identity is going to have to be based on the personnel they have available to them. Carlin, I will say this. The rookie Isaiah Likely looked Mm. damn good in the second half against that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. So I think he's going to play more of a, a role in that passing game Getting Mark Andrews back off of the shoulder injury is going to help things a lot. Again, Devin DuVernay is going to have to step up in a major way. And you see they use him in a lot of different ways, Carlin. Jet sweeps, things of that nature. But you're going to have to start looking for guys like Demarcus Robinson and James Prochet to play more of a prominent role. Not to forget about Deshaun Jackson, too. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Jackson has that deep speed. He can still run. He's going to have to be that vertical threat when defenses decide that they're going to bring all-out blitzes a guy that Lamar Jackson can have confidence in laying it out there and letting D-Jacks run under it. Adam Schefter reported earlier today that Jackson is likely to be um, available and uh, not available, I should say active uh, on Monday night. Then there is Michael Thomas from the Saints who is likely out for the rest of the year uh, with a toe injury. Canty, I'm wondering if Michael Thomas is ever going to be the same player. You know, this is a guy that was the most dominant receiver in the game not three years ago. Yeah, and Carlin, with each passing year, you're just wondering, like, when are we going to see him back on the field consistently? He hasn't played a full season since 2019. You know, now we're talking about going into 2023. So it'll be three years since we've seen Michael Michael Thomas on the field for the majority of the snaps. And so, yeah, I think that's a legitimate question. Um, There's going to be somebody that's going to take a chance on Michael Thomas, but I I think this is his last season in New Orleans. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that that's the case because Michael Thomas is not that old. You know, if he got cut this offseason, he could have been 
potentially a third contract guy in all of this. Time to make the money. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app last night, frankly, we were abominable. We owe you. We owe you. We own it. We own it when we're not right, and last night we were just not right. Tonight, we take another crack at it. So let's get to it. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. It's Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, Canty, we're going to tie together Game 5 of the World Series and the Texans and Eagles tonight. Philly on Houston, double action. Okay. So, we have not ironed this out completely yet. I'm going to throw a couple of numbers at you, see what grabs your attention, what tickles your fancy. (laughs) In the Eagles game, Jalen Hurts, 42.5 rushing yards. Eagles are 14-point favorites. The over-under is 45 against the Texans. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, over four and a half receptions. Devontae Smith, over three and a half receptions. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, 50 and a half receiving yards. A.J. Brown, 67 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, passing yards. Jalen Hurts at 239 and a half. Davis Mills at 212 and a half. Inters- okay. So so let me know when you're ready for me to start throwing the ones that I actually like out there. All right, tell me what you like. Go. So I like A.J. Brown over, over, what is it, 69 and a half yards receiving? Correct. I like that play. I like that play. 67 and a half. 67 and a half. I like like A.J. Brown over 67 and a half. I also happen to like Jalen Hurts over 235 and a half yards passing. Okay. I like that. Um, Jalen Hurts. If you're not on board with that, we don't have to go that direction. No, no, I'm just no, telling no. you what I'm I like. I'm on board with that. I'm not against that at all. Absolutely not. And then we both like the over on the run total from the Phil's Astros game. Correct. Is that correct? Seven and a half. There we go. Over seven and a half. AJ Brown total receiving yards over 67 and a half. Jalen Hurts over 239 and a half passing yards. That is at plus 490. Plus 490 for tonight's, dare I say, it's a primetime parlay. Yes! Oh, yeah. Yes! Let's see what happens, baby. Once again, if you're writing this down at home, Jalen Hurts over 239 and a half passing yards. A.J. Brown over 67 and a half receiving yards. And the total in Phillies Astros game five over seven and a half. Carlin, Carlin. Yes. Carlin, really quickly. If okay. we wanted to be greedy, oh boy. a lot of trade rumors about Brandon Cooks this week. He was held out of practice. Brandon Cooks. He's not playing. Under- oh, he's not playing. Okay. He is not playing. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, so we're not going to get fa- greedy. I was, I was going to fade him. I was going to fade him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if they'll let us, I don't think they will, though. <laughs> All right. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either.
the way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. All right, Canty. First of all, I want to remind you we've got college football action Saturday night. LSU hosting Alabama, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Okay, Canty. Number one, Hall of Fame Raiders punter Ray Guy passed away at age 72 today. Won three Super Bowl rings with Oakland and L.A. over a 14-year career. The first punter ever selected in the first round of an NFL draft. Hall of Famer as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I usually say kickers aren't football players. They're barely even people. This dude was an absolute football player. He's the first punter to be drafted in the first round in the NFL draft. So that says something about his football abilities. And, Carlin, just what he meant to that Raiders dynasty. Like, my former teammate Chris Long, his dad Howie Long, was a Raiders legend. He was on those teams. And Ray Guy is one of those players that everybody looked at affectionately because of not only what he did, but his sports character. So, Lost another great one today, man. It's, it's uh, you know, unfortunate thoughts and prayers with his family, but Ray Guy, a legacy that will live on. Uh, 76ers guard James Harden, right foot tendon strain, out for a month for the Sixers, Canty. That is a blow, and that is not all that surprising when it comes to James Harden, although off to a pretty good start. No, he's off to a great start, Carl, and, and here's the thing that everybody was excited about seeing this new James Harden that actually worked out in the offseason, and it felt like it was working out for the Sixers because the guy's averaging 22, 10, and 7. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be important for young guys like Tyrese Maxey to step up. Another guy, DeAnthony Melton, who they acquired from the Memphis Grizzlies. Those guys are going to have to play a more prominent role because you're losing a lot of offensive firepower with James Harden out of the lineup. I mean, we're being a little loose with great start. Very good start. I don't know about Car- great. Car- Carlin, 22, 10, and 7? I mean, comparatively speaking to what James Harden has done before, those numbers are up around 25, 26 points a game. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Tough grader going based on what James Harden has always done, you know, when he's not fat. That's all. Finally. Oh, okay. So I'm, now I'm the tough guy. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I'm just saying 22, 10, and 7 is damn good for anybody. Uh, that's true. <laughs> That is true. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. Anyway, World Series Game 5, Noah Sindergaard facing Justin Verlander. Chase Utley uh, threw out the first pitch, I think, last night. And Sindergaard and Utley always going to be connected. Remember, uh, 2015 NLDS, Dodgers-Mets. Utley took out Ruben Tejada at second base with really what was considered a dangerous slide. And the Mm -hmm. next year, Sindergaard... Uh, threw the ball behind Chase Utley to try to exact a little revenge, and he immediately got thrown out of the game, and that is the classic Terry Collins ass-in-the-jackpot ass uh, saying when he's screaming at the umpire. Remember that? Oh, I remember that, and I yeah. also remember Noah Syndergaard, 60 feet, 6 inches, come get some. Exactly. That, that, that's who. That's where Noah Syndergaard was famously known for saying that. Like, he was one of those players that wanted to have his guys back. So, imagine how awkward that moment was yesterday. Like, that's just one of those things that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> but now, I mean, if you're Noah Syndergaard, your focus has to be 
not spitting a bit when you go out there for the yep. first couple of innings in a gotta-have-it situation for the Phillies yep. because guess what? You'll be the GOAT and not in a good way in that town. Cindergard uh, was a- asked about it last night, said, am I going to have to catch the first pitch? Uh, never talked to him face-to-face and said, I've always admired the way he played the game. He's a tremendous talent, and I'm glad to be able to put on the same uniform as him. Oh, some Met fans are not going to take that particularly well. That's a rough one for Noah Syndergaard. Fascinating. Game five, next. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.